Faculty discussions of ChatGPT and other AI tools often focus on how AI might interfere with learning and academic integrity. In this episode, we discuss a resource that explores how ChatGPT can support student learning. Thanks for joining us for Tea for Teaching, an informal discussion of innovative and effective practices in teaching and learning. This podcast series is hosted by John Kane, an economist, and Rebecca Mushter, a graphic designer, and features guests doing important research and advocacy work to make higher education more inclusive and supportive of all learners. Our guest today is Stan Scrabbit. Stan is the Director of Instructional Technology and Design at Dean College in Franklin, Massachusetts. He is also the author of several books related to teaching and learning. His most recent book is 80 Ways to Use ChatGPT in the Classroom. Welcome, Stan. Well, thank you ever so much for having me on. I have been listening to your podcast since the first episodes. You guys are crushing it. I recommend it all the time to my faculty. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. And we very much enjoyed your podcast while you were doing it. And I'm hoping that will resume at some point when things settle down. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks. Today's teas are, Stan, are you drinking any tea? A little bit of a story. I went over to the bookstore with the intent of getting tea. They had no tea in stock. I went to the vending machine on the same floor. The vending machine was down. I went to another building. I put in money. It did not give me tea. I'm stuck with Mountain Dew. I'm sorry. Not for lack of trying, clearly. I tried. I tried. I have some blue sapphire tea. And I have Lady Grey. I haven't drank that in a while, John. Nope. Little caffeine today, huh? Yeah, well, I'm back in the office. I've returned from Duke and I have more options for tea again. That's good. So, Stan, we invite you here today to discuss 80 ways to use chat GPT in the classroom. What inspired you to write the book? Well, I'm an instructional technologist, and my responsibility is to help faculty deliver the best courses possible. And in November 2022, ChatGPT came onto the scene. And in December, faculty are up in arms. Oh, my goodness, this is going to be a way that students are going to cheat, and they'll never learn anything again. And as an instructional technologist, I see technology as a force multiplier, as a way to help us do better things quicker, easier. And so I didn't feel threatened by ChatGPT. I've been looking at the Horizon reports for the last 20 years, and they said, AI is coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, it's here. And so it was just a matter of sitting down in January, write the book, publish it, and provided a copy to all the faculty. And we just started having good conversation after that. But The effort was that we should not ban it. That was the initial reaction, that this is a tool like all the other tools that we bring into the classroom. Stan, I love how you just sat down in January and just wrote a book as if it was easy peasy and no big deal. Well, I will have to be honest that I was using ChatGPT for part of the book. It was a matter of, I asked ChatGPT, kind of give me an outline, what would be important for faculty to know about this? Fleshed out a very nice outline. And then it was a matter of creating prompts. And so I'd write a prompt and then I would get the response back from ChatGPT. It was a lot of back and forth with ChatGPT. And I thought ChatGPT did a wonderful job in moving this forward. 
most of the discussion we've heard related to ChatGPT is from people who are concerned about the ability to conduct online assessments in the presence of this. But one of the things I really liked about your book is that most of it focuses on productive uses by both faculty and students and classroom uses of ChatGPT, because we're not always hearing that sort of balanced discussion about this. Could you talk a little bit about some of the ways in which faculty could use ChatGPT or other AI tools to support their instruction and to help develop new classes and new curriculum? Yeah, absolutely. I guess, first of all, I would like to say that this is not going anywhere. It is going to become more pervasive in our life. Resume Builder went out and did a survey of a couple thousand new job descriptions that employers were putting out. 90% of them are asking for their employees to have AI experience. As higher education is upon us, make sure that the students that are going out there to be employees know how to use this tool. With that said, there has to be a balance. In order to use the tool properly, you have to have foundational knowledge of your discipline. You have to know what you're talking about in order to create the proper prompt, but also to assess the proper response. With ChatGPT, sometimes it doesn't get it right. Just how ChatGPT is built, it's built on probabilities that these word combinations go together. So it's not pulling full articles that you can go back and verify. Kind of like the human mind has been working. We have built up knowledge all these years. My memory of what happened when I was three, four, five years old is a little fuzzy. Who said what? I'm pretty confident it was said, I'm pretty confident, but it's still a little fuzzy and I would need to verify that. So I see ChatGPT as an intern. Everybody gets an intern now. They do great work at all hours, but you as a supervisor still have to verify the information is correct. Back to the classroom, students can't or should not, or regardless of who's using it, should not just hit return on a prompt and then rip that off and hand it in to their supervisor, their instructor, without verifying it, without making it better, without adding the human element to working with the machine. And that is, I think, where we can do lots of wonderful things in the classroom you know, from the instructor side of go ahead and use this for your first draft. Now turn on the review tools that track changes and show me how you made it better as you're working towards your final product. Instructors can go ahead and craft an essay, craft out some supposedly accurate information from ChatGPT, throw it in the hands of the students and say, please assess this. Is this right? Where are the policies? Where are the biases? Tell me where the gaps are. How can we make this better? And using it to assess it. Those are some initial ways to start asking students or using it in the class. I don't know if I'm tapping into all the things. There's just so many things that you could do with this thing. And you address many of those things in the book. Among those things that you address was having it generate some assignments or even at a more basic level, having it develop syllabi or course outlines and learning objectives and so forth for when faculty are building courses. Oh, absolutely. We have a new dean at our school of business and he came over and wanted to know, tell me a little bit more about ChatGPT, how we can use this. They're looking at creating a new program for the college. And it's like, well, let's just start right there. What are the courses that you would have for this new program? And provide course descriptions, titles and descriptions. 
here comes a list of 10, 12 different courses for that particular program. Okay, let's take this program. What are learning outcomes for this particular program? So we just copied and pasted, asked for learning outcomes. Here comes a list of outcomes. Now for these different outcomes, provide learning objectives and it starts creating learning objectives. And so you can just continue to drill down, but this moved past the blank page. Normally you'd bring in a, a group of faculty to work on that program. What are your ideas? And send everybody off and they would pull ideas together and you would start crafting this. This was done in 30 seconds. And now, okay, here's a starting point for your faculty. Where are the problems with this? How can we make it better? Now go instead of a blank page starting with nothing. That was one example, but even for your course, using ChatGPT, having a course description, you can ask it to say, provide me a course plan for 16 weeks. What would I address in this? What would be the different activities? Describe those activities. If you want it to have the activities use transparent assignment design, it'll craft it in that format. It knows what a transparent assignment design is and it will craft it that way. And then going back to assessments, it can build content. So looking at that OER content, open education resources, that it can get you a jump start on that OER content. What are gaps that I want? Or taking content that's there and localizing it based on your area to say, here we are in New England, Massachusetts specifically, I need an example. Here's the content that we're working with. Give me an example, a case study, and it will craft a case study for you. It allows you to go from that zone of drudgery to your zone of genius very rapidly. I've been working on a new book and got down to the final edits and I was like, oh, I'm missing conclusions to all these different chapters. I just fed the whole chapter in and said, could you craft me a, a conclusion to this chapter? And just knocked it out. I could do it, but that's my zone of drudgery and I'd rather be doing other things. It's interesting that a lot of faculty and chairs and administrators have been engaged in this conversation around ChatGPT quite a bit, but many of them haven't actually tried ChatGPT. So if you were to sit down with a faculty member who's never tried it before, what's the first thing you'd have them do? This is an excellent question because I do it all the time. I have a number of faculty members that I've sat down, looked at their courses and say, what is the problem that you're working with? What do you want to do? And that's where we start. We say, what is the problem that you're trying to fix? ChatGPT at version three had 45 terabytes of information it was given. They say the human brain is about 1.25 terabytes. So this is like asking 30 some people to come sit with you to work on your problem. One class was a sports management class dealing with marketing, and they were working with craft enterprises that have the Patriots and working on specific activities for their students and developing marketing plans and such. We just sat down with ChatGPT and started at a very basic level to see what we could get out of it. And the things we weren't happy with, we just rephrased it, had it focus on those areas, and it just kept improving what we were doing. But one of the struggles that I hear from faculty all the time, because it's very time consuming, is creating assessments, creating multiple choice questions, true and false, fill in the blank, all these different things. ChatGPT will do this for you in seconds. You feed all the content that you want and say, please craft 10 questions. Give me 10 more, give me 10 more, give me 10 more. And then you go through and identify the ones you like, put them into your test bank. 
it really comes down to the problem that you're trying to solve. And you also know that it could be used to assist with providing students feedback on their writing Absolutely. that you can use it to help generate that. Could you talk a little bit about that? We're right now working with uh, academic coaches, and this is one of the areas to sit down. I'm also not only the director of instructional technology and design, but also my dotted line is director of libraries. So I'm trying to help students with their research. And the writing and the research go hand in hand. So from the library side, we look at what the students are being assigned and then sit down and just start with a couple key terms or phrases, keywords that we want and have ChatGPT give us ideas on these different terms. And it'll provide 10, 20 different exciting ideas to go research. Once again, getting past the blank page. It's like, I got to do assignment. I don't know what to do. Could be in economics. I don't know what to write about in economics. It's like, well, here, pull these two terms together. And what does it say about that? So we start at that point. And then once you have a couple ideas that you want to work with, what are some keywords that I could go and start researching the databases with? And it will provide you these ideas. It'll do other things. It'll draft an outline. It'll write the thing if you want it to. But we try to take the baby steps and getting them to go in and research, but get them pointed in the right direction. On the writing side, for example, I have a class that I'm going to be teaching at the University of Wyoming. It's grad students. I'm going to introduce ChatGPT. It's for program development and evaluation. And I'm going to let them use ChatGPT to help with this. One of the things that academic writers struggle with is the use of active voice. They're great at passive. They've mastered that. Well, this will take what you've written and say, convert this to active voice, and it will rewrite it and work on those issues. I was working with one grad student, and it was after playing with ChatGPT a couple of times, she finally figured out what really was the difference and how to overcome that problem. And now she is writing actively more naturally, but she struggled with it. With ChatGPT, you could take an essay, push it up into ChatGPT and say, how can I make this better? And it will provide guidance on how you can make it better. You could ask it specifically, how can I improve the grammar and spelling without changing any of the wording here? It'll go and check that. So for our academic coaches, because there's high volume, this is another tool that they could use to say, here's a checklist of things that we've identified for you to go work on right away. Not necessarily giving solutions, but giving pointers and guidance on how to move forward. So you can use it at different levels and different perspectives, not where it does all the work for you, but you could do it incrementally and say, here, assess this and do this, and it'll do that for you. Your active and passive voice example reminds me of a conversation I had with one of our writing faculty who was talking about the labor that had been involved previously of making example essays to edit or to work on writing skills. And she just had ChatGPT write things that are of different qualities to compare and also to do some editing of as a writing activity in one of her intro classes. Absolutely. What I recommend to anyone using ChatGPT is start collecting your prompts. Have a Google document or a Word document. And when you find a great prompt, squirrel it away. Some of the workshops that I've been giving on this, I demonstrate high-level prompts that are probably two pages long that you basically feed this basic information to ChatGPT, and it talks everything about the information that you're going to be collecting, how you want it collected, 
how you want it to be outputted, what items are you going to output. And you're basically creating this tool that you can then call up and say, for example, developing a course, that it will write the course description, give you learning outcomes, recommended readings, activities, an agenda for a 16-week, all in one prompt. And all you do is say, this is the course I want and let it go. It's amazing what problems that we can build this tool, just like we build spreadsheets. We build these very complex spreadsheets to do these tasks. We can do the same with ChatGPT. We just have to figure out what the problems we're trying to solve. Our students come into our classes with very, very prior preparation. In your book, you talk about some ways in which students can use ChatGPT to help fill in some of the gaps in their prior understanding to allow them to get up to speed more quickly. Could you talk about some ways in which students can use ChatGPT as a personalized tutor? I'm going to take you through an example that I think can be applied for students. Student comes into your class, ideally they're taking notes. One of the strategies that I use is I have my notebook. I'll open my notebook and I'll turn on Otter AI, which is a transcription program. And I will go over my notes. I will basically get a transcription of those notes. I can then feed that transcription into ChatGPT and say, clean it up, make a good set of notes for me. And it will do that. And then I can build this document. And then I can review what we did in class, build a nice clean set of notes, and have that available to me. Over a series of sets of notes, I could do the same thing by reviewing a textbook and highlight and talk about, transcribe key points of the textbook, or I can cut and paste. And then I can feed that information into ChatGPT and say, build me a study bank that I can build a Quizlet, for example. Or I need to create some flashcards on what are the key terms and definitions from this content. Here you go. Create some flashcards from that material. It could be that no matter how great the instructor is, I still don't get it. They introduced a term that is just mind-boggling, and I still don't get it. And so I can then ask ChatGPT to explain that at another level. They talked about nonfiction, some of the best nonfiction books, or the most popular that are out there getting on the bestsellers list. They're written at a certain grade level. And I know that I write typically higher than that grade level. I can go ask ChatGPT to rewrite it at a lower grade level. I could, as a student, ask ChatGPT to give an explainer at a level that I do get to understand. Those are certain ways that you can do this. And you basically can build your own study guides that have questions, that have examples of all the materials. So you can feed that material in and get something out, just enhance it. And I think for faculty, this is also an easy way to create good study guides that you can get the key points and build these study guides a lot easier. Just going with the blank page and trying to craft it by hand can be very difficult. But if you already have all your material, you feed it in there and then say, here, let's build a study guide out of this. Give it some parameters. Definitely much more useful. We've talked a lot about how to use ChatGPT as an individual, either as an instructor or as a student, can you talk a little bit about ways that instructors could use ChatGPT for in-class exercises or other activities? Absolutely. And I'm sorry, some of the examples other folks have actually contributed first, and I saw them, and I thought they were just brilliant, but I don't have their names right in front of me. So I apologize ahead of time. 
But as an instructor, I would invite ChatGPT into the classroom as another student. We can call it Chad, ChatGPT, and bring Chad into the classroom. So you could have an exercise in your classroom, ask the students to get into groups, talk about an issue, and then up on the whiteboard, you start getting their input and you start listing it. And then once you're done, you can feed ChatGPT the same prompt and get the list from ChatGPT and then compare it to what you've already collected from the students, what their input has been. And from there, you can do a comparison. It's like, yep, we talked about that and that and that. Oh, this is a new one. What do you think about this? And so you can extend the conversation by what Chad GPT has provided. And there I go, Chad. I'll be hooked on that for a while. But you can extend the conversation with this. Or if students have questions that are coming up in class, you can field it to the rest of the class, get input, and then say, okay, let's also ask Chad. See what Chad has to say about that particular topic. Those grouping exercises, we typically do the think, pair, share exercise. Well, part of that is each student gets to get Chad in that group. So each group, you can have Chad come in where they have to discuss it. They have to think about it first, write something down, pair, discuss it, then ask ChatGPT into the mix, talk about it a little bit more, and then share it with the rest of the class. Lots of different ways that you can bring this into the classroom. But I bring it right in as a, another student. Think, pair, chat, share. <laughs> yep. And, and that's not mine. That actually, somebody was clever enough. They found that. I just happened to glom onto it. But yeah, definitely a great way of using it. It's a new tool. We're still figuring our way, but it's not going away. So whenever we introduce new technology into our classes, people are often concerned about assessment of student work using said technologies. So what suggestions do you have to alleviate faculty worry about assessing student work in the age of chat GPT? Well, students have been cheating since the beginning of time. That's just human nature. Going back to why are they cheating in the first place? In most cases, they just got too much going on and it becomes a time issue. They're finding the quickest way to get things done. So ensuring that assignments are authentic, that they're real, they mean something to a student, is certainly very important in building this. The more it's personally tied to the student, the harder it is for ChatGPT to tap into that. ChatGPT is not connected to the internet yet, so having current information, that's always a consideration. But I would go back to the transparent assignment design, and part of the transparent assignment design that is often overlooked is the why. Why are we doing this? If you use ChatGPT to do this, this is what you're not gonna get from the assignment. So when building those assignments, I recommend being very explicit that yes, you can use ChatGPT to work on this assignment, or no, you cannot, but here's why. Here's what I'm hoping that you get out of this, why this assignment's important because otherwise it just doesn't matter. And then when I have an employee that just simply hits the button and gives me something from ChatGPT, I'm gonna ask, why do I need you as an employee? Because I could do that. Where's the human element, bringing that human element into it? Why is this important? What learning shortcut or shortcutting your learning if you just rely on the tool and not grasp what the essence of this particular assignment is? But I think it goes back to 
writing better assignments. At least that's my two cents on it. Thankfully, we have ChatGPT for that. For faculty who are concerned about these issues of academic integrity, certainly creating authentic assignments and connecting to individual students and their goals and objectives could be really effective. But it's not clear that that will work as well when you're dealing with, say, a large gen ed class, for example. Are there any other suggestions you might have in getting past this? John, are you asking for a friend? <laughs> well, I'm going to have about 250 students in class where I had shifted all of the assessment outside of the classroom. And I am going to bring some back into the classroom in terms of a midterm and final, but they're only 10 and 15% of their grades. So much of the assessment is still going to be done online. And I am concerned about students bypassing learning and using us because it can do pretty well on the types of questions that we often ask in introductory classes in many disciplines. That's a hard question because there's certainly tools out there that can identify where it suspects it's been written by AI. ChatGPT is original text, so you're not dealing with plagiarism necessarily, but you're dealing with it's not yours, it's not human written. There are tools out there but they're not necessarily 100% reliable. Originality AI is the tool that I use, which is quite good, but it tends to skew everything is written AI. Turnitin, they've incorporated technologies into being able to identify AI, but it's not reliable. This honestly comes down to really an ethics issue that folks who do this feel comfortable in bypassing the system for the end gain, which is to get a diploma. But then they go to the job and they can't do the job. And a recent article that I read in the Wall Street Journal was a lot of concern about employees not having the skill sets that they have and how to convince students of this, that why are you here? What's the whole purpose of doing this? I'm here to guide you based on my life experience on how to be successful in this particular discipline. And you don't care about it. that's a hard problem to fix. So I don't have a good answer for that. I'm always on the fence on that because it's hurting the integrity of the institution that students can bypass, but it's harder. Peer review is another tool to have them go assess it. They seem to be a lot harder on each other. Yeah, this is a tough one. I don't have a good answer, sorry. I had to try again because <laughs> I still don't have very good answers either. But certainly there's a lot of things you can do. I'm using clickers. I'm having to do some small group work in class and submitting responses. And that's still a little bit hard to use ChatGPT for just because of the timing. But it was convenient to be able to let students work on things outside, although Chegg and other places had made most of those solutions to those questions visible pretty much within hours after new sets of questions have been released. So this perhaps just continues that trend of making online assessment tools in large classes more problematic. Well, one of the strategies that I recommend is master quizzing. So master quizzing is building quiz sets that are thousands of questions large and randomly drawing from it, and they get credit when they ace it. And then the next week they have another one, but it's also cumulative, so they get previous questions too, and you have to ace it to get credit. Sorry, that's how it is. Cheat all you want, but it'll get old after a while. 
And that is how my course is set up. And they are allowed multiple attempts at all those quizzes and they are random drawings. And there's some space practice built into, so it's drawing on earlier questions randomly. But again, pretty much as soon as you create those problems, they were very quickly showing up in the online tools in Chegg and similar places. Now they can be answered pretty well using ChatGPT and other similar tools. It's an issue that we'll have to address, and some of it is an ethics issue, and some of it is, again, reminding students that they are here to develop skills. And if they don't develop the skills, their degree is not going to be very valuable. I wonder if putting some of those honor code kind of ethics prompts at the beginning or end of bigger assessments would prime the prompt or just cause more chat GPT to be used. That's been a bit of an issue because the authors of those studies have been accused of faking the data. And those studies have not been replicated. In fact, someone was suspended at Harvard recently and is now engaged in a lawsuit about that very issue. So the original research that was published about having people put their names on things before beginning a test hasn't held up very well. And the data seems to have been, at least some of it seems to have been manipulated or fabricated. So right now, ChatGPT allows you to do a lot of things, but They've been adding more and more features all the time. There's more integrations. It's now integrated into Bing on any platform that will run Bing. And it's amazing how well it works, but the improvements are coming along really rapidly. Where do you see this as going? November 2022 was ChatGPT built on GPT-3. We're now into four, and this is only half a year later, basically that we got into four. It's everywhere. For example, in selling books, one of the things that you want to do is try to sell more books. So I went back to Amazon, pulled out all the reviews that I had, fed them into ChatGPT and said, tell me what the top five issues are. In seconds, it told me, it just assessed it, where this would take a large amount of time for me to do this. And it just did it nice and neatly. Everything is going to have AI into it. Grammarly, AI is being built into it. All the Microsoft products are going to have AI built in. We're not getting away from it. We have to learn how to use this in our professions, in our disciplines. With ChatGPT4, it was said somebody had drawn a wire diagram of a website, buttons and masthead and text, and took a picture of it, gave it to ChatGPT4, and it wrote the code for that website. It's going to be exciting. Buckle up. And we had consternation about January. We're going to have a lot more coming up. It's just part of what we do. We have to figure out how to stay relevant because this is so disruptive. In the long line of technologies that's come out, this is really disruptive. We can't fight against it. We have to figure out how to do it appropriately, how to use this tool. The idea of really having to learn the tool resonates with me because this is something that we've talked about in my discipline for a long time, which is design, is that if you don't really learn how to use the tools well and understand how the tools work, then the tools kind of control what you do versus you controlling what you're creating and developing. And this is really just another one of those kinds of tools. Well, even in the design world, I've gone to Shutterstock. And there is something that allows you to create a design with AI. So the benefit for a designer is they have a certain language, tone and texture. Their language is vast. And for them to craft a prompt would look entirely different 
for me. With snowman, sticks for arms, it would be entirely different. But getting the aspect ratio of 16 by 9, everything that you craft into this prompt and feed it in, somebody who does design and knows the language would get something than pure mortal like me putting that information in. So for somebody who's in economics, you have a whole language about economics. Somebody who is trying to craft a prompt related to that discipline has to know the foundational, the language of that discipline to even get close to being correct in what they're going to get back. And students have to understand this. They cannot bypass their learning because they will not have the language to use the tool effectively. And emphasizing to students the role that these tools will be playing in their future careers might remind them of the importance of mastering the craft in a way that allows them to do more than AI tools can. And at some point, though, I do wonder (laughs) at what point AI tools will be able to replace a non-trivial share of our labor force. It'll affect the white collar force a lot quicker. And I look at it, a nice analogy for the AI was in the Marvel, you have Iron Man, Tony Stark. And it is the matchup of the human and the machine. He's using this to allow himself to get further and faster in his design and to do things that we hadn't thought about before. And I see this tool being able to do this, that we're bringing so much information and data to this. It's mind-boggling that suddenly you see a spark of inspiration that you couldn't get there by yourself without a lot of labor. And suddenly it's there. And you can take that and run with it. For me, it's tremendously exciting. So we always wrap up by asking, what's next? Great question. Right now, I'm getting edits back from my editor for my next book. It's Strategies for Success, Scaling Your Impact as a Solo Instructional Technologist and Designers. I've been doing this for about a quarter century and mostly by myself, helping small colleges on how to do this. How do I keep my head above water and try to provide the best support possible? So sharing what I think I know. Sounds like another great resource. Well, thank you, Stan. It's always great talking to you, and it's good seeing you again. Yeah, absolutely. And also, free book. Going to give 100, first 100 listeners, but I can go more. Yeah, so there's a link. It's bit.ly slash T for teaching GPT. And so it's in that set of show notes to share it. But the first 100 gets a free copy of the book. Thank you. Well, thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast service. To continue the conversation, join us on our T for Teaching Facebook page. You can find show notes, transcripts, and other materials on tforteaching.com. Music by Michael Gary Brewer. Editing Assistance by Ganesh.